You are listening to Shake It Out on Open Lines Radio. You can follow Soraya the Great on Instagram at The Experiment House. Follow me, Mark, on Instagram at tincan.telephone. Follow Open Lines Radio on Instagram at Open Lines Radio. And uh, support, um, support, support us by listening to the other podcasts that uh, Open Lines Radio puts out. Hey, today's episode of Shake It Out um, is brought to you by you. You, the listener, and you, the donator, um, if you would like to donate to Open Lines Radio, you can go to openlinesradio.com and uh, click the link. That's, you can uh, p- donate through PayPal or uh, Venmo. And when you donate 20 bucks, uh, be sure to put in your uh, Instagram username, your handle, so that uh, you can get a free three-card tarot reading posted to Instagram on the Hobo Safe Camp account. Um, it's written by me. Uh, so at, at Hobo Safe Camp, you can also follow that account. It's uh, kind of my, my writing and, and tarot account. Um, and and so consider doing that. But really, the best the the best way that you can support us is just listening and and hearting or starring or whatever, leaving comments on whatever podcast app you use, giving us good ratings and uh, helping us kind of rise up through the swamp that is the podcast world. Um, another way you can support us is on Patreon, um, www.patreon.com slash openlinesradio. It's two bucks a month. You get all the uh, podcasts you get here that are out to the regular world, the real world, the, the normal people, but you also get that little special something. There's a, a few extra episodes per month. Um, so, Head on over there and listen to those extra things. Uh, they're just special for you. But, you know, I know that money's tight right now. And so really just you listening is is what helps us the most. It's what helps us the most anyway. Um, we're going to start doing these uh, Shake It Out episodes live. We're going to start live streaming them on Podbean in the next uh, week or so. And when we're doing that, we're going to be able to take in uh, people who are listening. So in the meantime, while you're waiting for that to happen, download the Podbean app and listen to, uh, and, and then follow Open Lines Radio there. You can listen to all the Open Lines Radio apps or all the podcasts. And you can also listen to most of your other podcasts that are out there. So if you choose Podbean and you just have that on your phone, the problem is with, with uh, Soraya and I is, we have a hard time pinning down a time. So it's usually like we know we have this three-day uh, window and it's like, I'll get a text. Are you ready? And if I'm ready, like we just kind of go when when, when it happens. We have a hard time scheduling. So it's going to be hard to, to, to let you know when it's going to happen. So these are going to be spontaneous, impromptu things. And so if you already have the Podbean app and you already follow Open Lines Radio, you'll always be get notified of when we go live. And then you can participate. You can listen live, and then you can, if you want, um, we, we, we're considering and probably will, if people actually listen and are there and want to participate, bringing you into the podcast, we can, you can do that all from the Podbean app. Also, if you're thinking of uh, hosting your own podcast, Podbean's the great way to do it. Go to www.openlinesradio.com, scroll down to the bottom where you'll see the Podbean link, go to Podbean, and uh, it's that easy. It's so easy. So easy to participate. You should be participating. All right. I think that's uh, good for today. I've gone on long enough, I think. This is a good episode. I hope you enjoy it. Shake it out.
I can say that I, uh, not a lot of television has aged well. <laughs> I can say that. Have you been watching old TV? Oh yeah. I watched a lot of Cheers when I was a kid. It was my yeah. favorite show when I was, when I was way too young for that to make sense. Yeah. And now as an adult, I'm, I'm as, I'm as horrified as all of the parents that ever found out that I was watching Cheers. <laughs> um, Cause it is dicey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they all were back then. Yeah. It's they were, crazy. I mean, it's, it's bad. It's really rough. Like really like, Oh, I would not show this to a child for sure. For sure. Cause that's a horrible world to grow up in. Like those are yeah. monsters. <laughs> <laughs> even, even like the kids shows when you go back and watch them are like, Holy shit. There's so much sexual yeah. innuendo. Yeah. At a certain point, um, my, I had, I have an older brother who's 11 years older than me. And I'm very lucky that I have that because he very firmly put his foot down and was like, you're not watching the Disney channel. Like that's off limits in this house. Like you're not going to be one of those kids. Like That's not oh, happening to you. Good. You're not allowed to be that plasticky. Trendy was like the dirty bad word in our house. You couldn't be trendy. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Posers. Yeah. Trendy posers. Yeah, honestly, like, don't be an inauthentic <laughs> plastic hoe bag. Like, that was his greatest fear. Like, please do not don a choker necklace and follow the path. Of <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I've been, uh, I was into Cheers too, but I'm a little older than you. So when I go back, I'm not, it's not as crazy. It's yeah. actually, it's pretty comforting to uh, sleep to if you put on Cheers and just yeah, have it as background noise. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've been doing. I um Rebecca was always my favorite um when I was younger and I don't know why now as an adult and especially watching it I really don't know why because it was very clear that the the, the men the definitely men who were writing her had no idea what this like human being was like and Rebecca was just this you know she's just tits on legs and she was a perfect vehicle for like all of their their like lamest slapstick always hit Rebecca in the face and so it's really disappointing. It's like, you didn't, even, <laughs> you didn't even try. Like at least Diane had a personality. She was obnoxious and that was fine. And they were misogynistic about her, but she was Diane. And Rebecca yeah. is very much just like, and now here's the married. Diane at least had, had a, a brain on her shoulders. Right, right. <laughs> and and uh, uh, Rebecca just seems to be uh, looking for uh, whatever it takes to, to step up the ladder and be with whoever it takes or, whoever, yeah, or, or to just be with somebody with money, I guess, or somebody in power. I just love him so much. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Sam Malone. Oh. Sleazebag, sleazebag. Oh no. What a trash sack. Sam's a burning dumpster fire of a man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's Woody, Woody's pretty funny though. Woody is funny. I really miss Coach. I really miss yeah, Coach, yeah, and yeah. it actually hurts once he's gone. The show, like that's it. There's the the spirit of the thing, and I like Woody because he feels like Coach, but different. Yeah, yeah. But he's yeah. also he's also uh, wholesome. Yeah, yeah. He, he adds that element. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up an unpopular opinion. Um, mm -hmm. I think Jim from The Office is a dick. Okay. Yes. <laughs> good. Good call. It's true. It's I watch. True. I go back and watch The Office, and I was like, this guy is a jerk the these these things he does to dwight yeah i also for no reason powered, yeah i watched all nine seasons of that show recently <laughs> and i can agree with you wholeheartedly that dude sucks yeah he sucks so hard he's a bully and more importantly anytime he's presented and like to, to like you could say that you could argue that dwight is a bigger bully to everyone and that jim really only targets Dwight, which doesn't make it okay. But at least there's a there at least there's like a, a focus there. Like Dwight is the object of his it's not even contempt. He just likes to fuck with Dwight. 
So he's a dick yeah. for that. But then right. anytime he's presented with an opportunity to actually do the right thing and like actually speak up for other people, you realize like, oh, nope, that's just a big overgrown boy who's going to just going to hide in the corner now. And sure enough, he does again and again. Yep. Yep. Take your wings and fly away, Jim. Okay. <laughs> but then to be fair, fuck everyone on that show. <laughs> They're all monsters. <laughs> I don't know what I, the one that everyone hates Toby and I actually have the last, my last watch through of office. I really take, took a fond liking to Toby. Oh yeah. I feel the same. <laughs> Poor Toby Flenderson can't catch a break. <laughs> oh no. I hate you, Toby. Why? <laughs> but why, Michael? Oh, when Michael left, I cried. I actually cried on that episode. It was really, it was really powerful writing. I know nobody wants to be like, nobody wants to hear about The Office anymore, but I really think uh, it was one of the last times in recent history where television was nuanced and layered and like really delivered, you know, like it was worth yeah. showing up for and watching and rewatching and people went to work and did such a good job that it, it mattered, you know, like The Office is just a TV show, but like it's a fucking good one yeah. and we're a nation that's built on television. So yeah, we gotta... it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. There's not, and that's the, and 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 there's not really anything. I mean, television now is kind of, you know, it's it's Netflix on demand, Netflix and Hulu mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. but there's nothing that has that feel anymore yeah. of those old. Um, I mean, and I guess The Office isn't that old, but even like mm -hmm. ten years ago, like there's nothing. It's I think it's the high def. The high def, I I do not like. I agree. It's, it's weird. Yeah, it's it it really it's like you can see. They're pores, bro. It shatters the illusion. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah it, there's no illusion. Yeah, yeah, you can see their acting. It's weird how, like, yeah. without that, and I don't know, maybe your eyes just aren't meant to see that clearly because in agree. real life, you don't see their pores. Yeah. So. It definitely, it stops being theater and it just is all absurd. Like, this yeah. is, this is, it was actually really creepy to me the first time I went to someone's house and I had a high def television. Um, they were watching something really or older, like maybe it was um, Star Trek, like the next generation. And it just was so, it was so strange because I, until that moment, I had this idea that you can only get so, you can only get so defined on, a, on something that's already happened, like Star Trek, right? Like they already recorded that, like it's already right, done, like you're right. not going to enhance that. And then I saw Jean-Luc Picard in high, yeah, in high def, and I was like, ew, why is this man in the living room? This is weird. This is yeah. super weird. Yeah, it's, it's not almost why like I watch a space show. No, no, and it's almost like you can see the script to me for yeah. some reason. It's like oh, it's yeah. like oh, this is just I can almost like see the script. It totally takes the illusion away. Yeah, one time uh, when I was in college, I got stoned and I watched Gilmore Girls, which is another show that ages really, really, really poorly, <laughs> really poorly. I think it was probably poorly in the beginning. Yeah, but you know, it really. <laughs> I was the target demographic for that one. Oh, I was a okay, girl, okay. and it, yeah, and it, it met me where I'm not I was judging. I'm not judging. It's okay because it's not good. So I can't, I really can't pretend like it's good. It's not. But I got stoned and I watched it and it was, it was honestly, it was violent. I had to turn the TV off and now I just don't, I don't do that. Like I don't participate in moving images if I'm, if I'm stoned because it was, it was super surreal. It was like, oh wow, those are just, those are just like two people who are pretending they're the only two people there. But I know that standing in front of them is a group of like 40 to 50 bored middle-aged motherfuckers just like doing their job. Like there are light guys in there and there are camera guys and someone's holding a boom mic and someone over there is running around and there's the guy from craft services. Like it was just so weird to me. Mm -hmm. Like 
this is a whole production that I'm just mindlessly consuming. And that's cool and that's fine. And like I said, I love I love it. <laughs> yeah, it I I don't know. The whole point is to unplug. Like I want to watch TV, not think. And so Yeah. Yeah. It's too exactly. exactly. But now I can't watch Gilmore Girls anyway, so it's fine. How come? It's um they're just it's too it's I can't disassociate. It's just too gross. Like that in real life, it's just too white, to be honest with you. Like it's too yeah. much of an insulated or insular like reality where like that's just it's too gross it's too gross and commercial and plastic and there's no way that i would ever exist in a version of reality like that like there's just no there's no space for my actual reality to live in that television world and that's kind of violent to me like it's not enjoyable anymore it's just like oh that's really you know what it is is it's one dimensional and it gets to be really tired like well i've seen this a lot and it was funny and it was cool the first time and now that i can't remove myself anymore it's not funny and cool and and it just falls so flat it just falls so flat and weird it was like um i used to be really into period pieces <laughs> i used to be really into period <laughs> pieces i used to fucking live for dickens because it's just so miserable and exaggerated yeah. and it was great it was great and then um my best friend in high school pointed out to me that there couldn't possibly be black people in leading roles in those period pieces unless they were slaves and that was it for me like it wasn't fun anymore it was yeah. just like oh okay <laughs> right i guess that's true huh? yeah um and i'm like not everybody has to go that hard i know like it's again it's television and it's movie and it's the theater and it's fine but you know i i went there so i can't go i can't come back <laughs> what about the movie clueless oh i know see that's one of those things where it really, it also doesn't age well. And it was one of my favorite, favorite things. It really was when I was a teenage girl, like that was the shit. And you, and if you don't get it, then that's fine. Cause you weren't a teenage girl and it wasn't the shit. Like it doesn't need to be that for you, but it's also really painful. It I was always, really, <laughs> I always, I always thought that clueless was like the perfect, um, I guess rendition of, or, you know, the, the modern interpretation mm -hmm. of Emma. Yeah. Um, and, and, but it was, it was like, it was, it's so, it was like, doing it now with current you couldn't basically it was like, great it was great yeah you couldn't you couldn't do it again like no, we're you at a point yeah we're at a point where like you couldn't tell that story in that way and so as a as a timepiece fucking i still live for it but again it's really hard to watch it's not as it's not as fun and it's not as plasticky and also it's really gross from another angle of like okay paul rudd's you're not really stepbrother and this is like predatory and weird and like you're a teenage girl and <laughs> and I'm just not about that. I'm just not. I'm not about men who don't mature. Like that's just creepy. They that's just creepy and I'm I'm over it. But Paul Red's so hot. That one. <laughs> <laughs> and funny. Paul Red doesn't age and I'll give him that. He's in an industry where that's important, but I'm over it. Yeah, totally well, over it. I'm I'm a middle-aged white man, so he's he's still funny to me. Yeah. His superhero stuff, though, I'm not into. Yeah, I mean, everyone at a certain point now, like if you if you're trying to go where the money is, you got to make a superhero movie. You got to get yeah. in on the the military propaganda for the paycheck. Well, yeah, I heard a, an interview with George Clooney once where he was saying how he, the he took Batman, and even though it's not really like his proudest moment, and it was like commercial sellout, he's mm -hmm. been able to do anything he's wanted to do, any role since. He's been able to take any role he wants since Batman because he's just mm -hmm. had the money yeah. to, to be able to make to it happen. Yeah. yeah. 
So I, can't, yeah. I guess I get it. You still have to participate in the, the, the walls that we live in. I think that too. And then I, I, I like, and again, I'm going to preface this and say, like, I know that I'm way hardcore about everything. All right. So like not everyone has to go this hard, but you know, do we really need Hollywood? Like, no, do we but really? We like, don't. And, and Hollywood is realizing it. Yeah. I think it's because dying. You see all of these celebrities, especially uh, we we're talking about the office. Um, I did not participate and watch this at all, but I, I read that John Krasinski was doing a, like a YouTube series or something um, at the start of, well, not the start of the pandemic, but at the point, how do we refer to this? At the point where people in our country decided that we had to start paying attention to the pandemic and it started affecting us. Um, and then, you know, shortly thereafter, it was doing so well that like NBC or some other major network picked it up and everyone was like, boo, but isn't that just the same thing? Like, okay, well, if the networks are still going to pay me while they're here, like, cool, I'll do the whole independent thing. It's like when rich people have podcasts and still have to advertise for like mattresses and whatever. It's like, yeah. like what are you yeah. doing here? Like, first of all, I don't listen to podcasts to hear fucking Joe Rogan let any asshole have a platform and just not bother to like check them. And secondly, I really don't want you to then fucking sell me some shit, dude. Like this is not television. This is not what I come here for. The one that bugs me is Conan O'Brien and it, and I, and I actually listened to it and it's, I think it's funny, but it okay. just, but, it, and I, and, and, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts mostly for, um, research purposes and, mm-hmm. and you know, steel techniques and, and yeah. things of that nature but that's how you grow your craft but it's also like you already have everything like yeah. why do you need to have like can't you let can't we have something can't, like more importantly can't you take what you have and build something for the rest of us like that's that's the ideal approach right like you've been in this game for long enough like you've been in broadcasting dude so you should have enough contacts and wherewithal and resources by now to like build us something new like move away from network television and give young comics a place to fucking grow their shit and do something cool you know what i'm saying like don't come try and sell me yeah well boxer briefs or whatever that's it because it's like it's like he's just taking up like there there are a lot of voices a lot of unique voices and a lot of them you hear on open lines radio Mm -hmm. but we can't break into like any kind of larger audience or listenership because there's all this hollywood shit on top Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. every actor and comedian has decided to come in there and and they're sponsored and so they're able to like pay the money to be at the top of the list so that So that the real voices aren't heard, and yeah, like you say, they're just they're just hawking shit. They're just still selling stuff. Like they have they have more money than they'll ever that than they'll ever spend in their life, and they're still like selling mattresses and and yeah. shit like that. And and you know I what know. I found? I found that with at least with a lot of American celebrities, like you get to a point where you haven't you just sort of stop developing as a person. And so a lot of the time I find that like when a celebrity gets tired of like, I don't know why Conan has a podcast because as far as I know, you're still on TV, but I don't watch TV. So maybe I'm wrong. No, he's still on TV. Yeah. So he's got a TV show and a podcast. That it's just a money grab. Like, what is that about? (laughs) But it's like, what are you even offering me though? Because you know, you've been, you've been telling me jokes for however many years and, and you used to do, seems like it feels like Conan used to be funnier and used to do a lot more and was involved in things like the Simpsons. And now it's just kind of all rote. Like comedians do the same things. They offer us the same content. They don't all like recycle their jokes or whatever, but 
you know, I haven't, I haven't heard anything fresh and new and exciting from anybody that I already know in a while. And so it's like, don't you have any, like, don't you have anything else? I, you, you've sold me on your personality now. Like I trust your face and I'm going to come to you for content. Like the fuck else are you into buddy? Like, are you going to teach me a skill or are we going to play D and D together? Like what's the tea? Like, like what's next? But I think also like what you were saying, how Hollywood is kind of dying and Hollywood's kind of becoming, um, you know, like, like irrelevant yeah. is that, but all these podcasts, all they are, they're just still interviewing celebrities. And it's like, I don't give a shit what, oh, yeah. just what this minor celebrity thinks about mm-hmm. this. And, it, but it's just, it's almost like this big circle jerk with celebrities just yeah. interviewing each other on their, on each other's podcasts. <laughs> it's just, it's like, they, oh, this is my buddy. All for us, look, the little guys. Yeah. Um, I've been watching this, um, the uh, Michael Jordan documentary that they just put oh, on Netflix. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. But I was thinking about um, about how like insidious celebrity is and how fame is disgusting. And it's like, it's another layer of we expect certain things from certain people for absolutely no valid reason. Like we expect celebrities to be spokespeople for, for, for anything. It doesn't matter. If I like you enough, then, then I anticipate that you will speak on the thing that I care about, right? Like I, I anticipate you will have an opinion about current events and about politics and about things that we're talking about in the media. And that's just fucked up. Like, just cause you see me doing my job, like just because my job is high profile doesn't mean that I even know about anything else. Like when, uh, when Michael Jordan did not endorse, uh, the, the black congressman in that election of, I don't know, 93, 94 or whatever in North Carolina. And it was like, well, but he's not, but he's not political. Like it would be wrong for him to endorse the guy. Like I understand that it's very, very layered and, and you know, there's a whole solidarity thing and like it's nuanced. Right. But at the same time, you're talking about an athlete who doesn't know about politics. Like that is a gargantuan ask. Like you are putting something on him that is not, that is like this. He doesn't have the onus to be to be studying politics. He's got to be able to talk to the media and be articulate and figure out his career and stay one step ahead of the game. And he's training all the time. Like that's what he's doing with his life. So why do you expect for him to be able to tell you with his whole heart, like, yeah, this guy seems like the real deal? Like that's not even real. Yeah. It's just oh, the illusion of American politics. And he fucking knew that. And he was smart and he was cognizant of the fact. And so he didn't do it. And then people were mad at him. Like also a large part of his um, income comes from white people who buy his yeah. who buy his shoes. Yeah. So. And I know so like you, can he, say he, so he can't. So he like he can't like like I mean yeah. you can't you can't take a man's livelihood away from him yeah. because he he he's gonna to speak on something he doesn't know about or maybe he did but still like you can't. Or maybe he did. Push but people even to still. stand up. Yeah, it's not. And especially like there is also the consideration that you know, black high profile figures in America are still black people and black people are still largely, not largely. I mean, like I, it's so, it's just, it is what it is. You and I both know, like, we're just not treated equally. It's not right. We're not all on the same footing in this country. And we aren't even, we don't even have the the tools at our disposal to, to all speak about it eloquently or like be on the same page about it. So then to take someone who's a, who's a, a, an international superstar like that and to put them into this. I mean, they already exist in this space where it's like, yeah, I get it. He's a black guy and I should be endorsing the black guy, but 
Furthermore, I'm a black guy. And so we're not just talking about me being a sellout. We're talking about me being a sellout, but like it affects me differently than it affects white sellouts. And that's a fact. And especially in that industry and especially where the Bulls were producing like the most powerful basketball players of all time. And they were all criminally underpaid. Like those are those are all swirling around at the same time. So it is a, it is a lot. Yeah. Bam. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's it's what we expect of people that that we don't. I mean, and 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 why just just because Michael Jordan is a black man, should he be endorsed? Like, why why not have the same um, expectation for every basketball player to, right. to support? Exactly. It's that. It's just like we've been. I I say this a lot, but like I'm not. I'm not. I don't have to be a storyteller, and I most especially don't have to be a storyteller for like anybody else, let alone a whole group of people, you know? Right. Um, someone actually recently uh, commented on something that I posted on Instagram on my story. I'm very quiet on the internet these days because I'm, it's just the way that it is and, you know, moving and shaking and doing stuff behind the scenes, but I'm still consistently posting, I guess we can call them political things, political, maybe infographics and memes. I try and Try and mix it up, but it's mostly heavy I, shit. They get labeled political, but I don't like that. It's yeah. not politics. It's just it's like we're talking about like 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 reality here. Honestly, what I try and do is I just try and provide information to the people who I can see are viewing my stories, and I try and like if I see certain content and I think it's going to be informational to like I can see who's looking at my stories. I don't know if people yeah. realize that, but I know who looks at my Instagram stories, and so. Um, anything that I post, like, it's not to be heavy handed, but it's sort of like, well, if this is my general audience, then I found this informational and perhaps it will be educational to some of those people as well. Like maybe you don't know this, or maybe you do know this and it's going to help you further whatever you're doing in the world or, you know, whatever the case may be. And the subjects range and a lot of it is, is related to like, I don't know, our fucking humanity, <laughs> like in, in all, in all ways. And yeah, so sometimes it can be seen as kind of political, but, um, Someone shouted out about something I posted. I don't even remember what it was. And I don't know. The conversation just went down the rabbit hole of like, okay, well, I know with all these other things happening. And this person said to me, you know, I have a black friend actually. And they say that it's not even like that. And they wish that people would stop saying this and that they feel this way. So I just want you to think about that. The end. <laughs> And I had this horrible realization, like, oh, no, when my friends go out into the world, do they tell stories and do they say things like, oh, well, I have an Arab friend or I have a Middle Eastern friend or I have a Persian friend or I have a queer friend or I have a punk friend. And, you know, she said this or he said this. Uh, so just so you know, because that's fucked. Like, that really, that really... I'm not anybody's token and I hope everybody knows that. Like, I hope that, but they don't, but they don't because this person did that. They tokenized their friend. Well, my one black friend espoused this one opinion about this one instance that I'm now going to decontextualize and throw back at you to prove my point. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, no, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if I, if we talked about this before, but my, uh, Oh, so uh, we had a family member that did that with my daughters mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and they're mm. so pissed off. 
<laughs> I think I talked to you privately about it. I don't think we. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think I've gone public to the podcast with it. But yeah, my my kids are half Korean, and when when the first um, protests were starting, uh, a family member <clears throat> posted on like Facebook or something about how they're not because he 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 works in uh, as a correctional officer and mm -hmm. is in law enforcement and considers himself a cop and so the, the wife said that you know used used my kids saying these are part of our family and and he can't be a racist because he's got you know uh, half korean nieces and he's got a black friend and he's got uh, a kid in the neighborhood that's he coaches in, in on the baseball team who's it's Samoan and, and, and my my daughters were so pissed off they're both adults now so I was like you know talk to them about it and they did like yeah. they they were like they were like dude I should someday I'll let you read this thing my my daughter she sent me this 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 response that my daughter wrote was just like makes me cry thinking about how this my 20 year old daughter was just like do not I am not your token for your for for a, uh, to use for because yeah. like she doesn't agree with their their stance you know they're mm -hmm. they're they they stand you know they look at at protesters as you know from a cop's point of view mm -hmm. so they're trying to push that point of view and saying that they have these 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 biracial nieces <laughs> and so they can't be racism can't exist because look and it's like oh my I guess I I guess people don't hear and don't understand that like listen my race wasn't relevant to you just then until you pulled it out to like use it as a trump card like you're not even talking about me you're talking about my race like you've erased me from my race yes and you put it ahead of me and that's the issue so you know similarly uh, one time I was trying to explain to this dude that I was hanging out with like listen when you just randomly like call a stranger who you perceive to be femme, like honey and sweetie and darling and whatever, like that's weird. It's like, yeah. forget about like, forget about being creepy or sexist or whatever. Like it's strange, dude. And I know that for a fact, because when it happens to men in public, they get weirded out by it. Like, why is that guy calling me that? You know, well, because that's a whole other issue of homophobia, but like, <laughs> but like even if it's not just dudes, like people, like you don't respond positively to it. And that's because it's not normal when it happens to you. So why do you normalize doing it to other people? And he didn't get the fact that like, you know, oh, I'm not objectifying people, whatever. Like he went to one of his coworkers, a bartender and asked her, hey, does it bother you when guys call you sweetie or whatever? And she, a bartender said, whatever. I don't, I don't pay attention to it because she has to ignore it yeah. to get through to get her fun. Yeah, like it just seems so obvious to me. Like, bro, she's a bartender. Like what? Like that comes with its own set of like obvious circumstances. Like that means she gets it 11 times as hard as like passerby on the street. And so she has to desensitize herself. But that was enough for him. He was like, no, I asked one other woman one time and the results are conclusive. I'm right. Okay. <laughs> That's cool, I guess. I yeah. don't, I can't talk to you about that. My, uh, my, my dog is interrupting the, I don't know if you can hear him in the background. He's pathetically whining i think he's hungry so <laughs> just ignore him he's gonna holly was coming to feed him I'm like you're gonna feed him when i'm about to go live <laughs> she's like, yeah. so 
He likes to interrupt. But I want to go back. You were you were saying that uh, you feel like you go hard too hard sometimes, or or maybe not too hard, but that you're just always yeah. going hard. But I think that's yeah. good because like you, we need people like that to just kind, to kind of bring people that are going hard the other way to the even just to the middle. Yeah, I definitely don't. I think maybe what people fail to realize is that you're you know you're built this way. Like I am. I don't choose to be this way. Okay, I guess it's different. I guess you can choose to be this way and you can be vocal because for a number of reasons. But for me, I don't want, I don't want it. I don't like it. It doesn't sit well with me. It's heavy and it's hard and it's difficult. And if I could turn it off, I would, but I can't because of how it is positioned in my life and where it sits and how it weighs on me and how I'm built and all of the things that have ever happened. So here we are. And sometimes I wish... You know, like it's it's really awkward when you're like around the kitchen table and you're hanging out with your pals or your pals' parents or like, you know, just whatever, hanging out and and maybe Jeopardy's on in the background and we're all shooting the shit and everyone's making jokes and then you know before you know it someone says something about pirates and then someone's dad has to say something about Somalians and it's racist and so I say that's racist and there go the good vibes. <laughs> And everyone turns to look like, I mean, I didn't say it like that, but you know, I said yeah. like, oh, that's racist. Yeah. Nobody wants to be called a racist. That's, that's, that's heavy shit. No, so, no. But nobody will acknowledge it and change either. Yeah. So what do you do? But yeah. Well, thankfully that in that one instance for the first time in my life, we were able to turn it around and we got the vibes back. But let me tell you, it was hard won. Like this is a war out here and I guess it's not for everybody, but. Ugh. Okay, wait, speaking of speaking of war and television um, and streaming, maybe this isn't even going to go anywhere because we don't all have the same streaming platforms. Are you familiar with the television show Rami on Hulu? I have, I've heard commercials for it on, on like podcasts and I've seen just the, the picture to click to watch, but I haven't actually okay. watched it. So I'm not necessarily going to recommend it. Um, like maybe you watch it, maybe you don't, but I as someone who has an Egyptian father and was born in New Jersey and has grown up in America, I felt um, I felt that it was my responsibility <laughs> to view this program. So I did, at least most, most of it. Um, it's cool, it's funny, whatever. It just, it goes some really, it goes some places that television hasn't gone before as far as I can tell. Because Rami is Arab American, it's a narrative that like the American public just like, we don't, we don't get that. We have not seen that. We have not heard these stories yet. So there were a lot of moments where I was watching it and I was rolling around on the floor and like, I, I had to call all of my siblings like, yo, you got to watch this because I need someone else to laugh, you know, at this like cultural in joke with me on this level. Like this is a revolution, but then also it's just so cringy. And so oh, it's television and it goes some places and it's hard for me to watch and I don't enjoy it. Like what? Um, there's an episode, there's an episode, uh, where it goes back in time and Rami's in the fifth grade and he's like 12 years old. And the primary concern on his mind is figuring out how to masturbate because <laughs> there's a scene where he and all of his, all of his friends are walking to school and the leader of the pack goes, so boys, did we all remember to masturbate this weekend? And it's just... It's like the realest, like, dude, little boys be like that. They say shit like that to <laughs> each other. 
and it's just so real and perfect and you're watching it and you're with it and whatever and Rami's freaking out because he's not there like you know he's just not there yet developmentally and he's trying to figure it all out and then plot twist it's 9-11 uh. and you know that I don't even we've never been allowed to to reclaim the dialogue and like we've never been allowed to forget. And because we've never been able to forget, we've never been able to talk about it differently. And we've never been able to like unpack it and discuss it. And then here's this TV show and it's like, okay, cool. Now we're going there, but we're going there from the perspective of this little Egyptian kid who in his classroom in New Jersey, his parents wouldn't get him a cell phone. Cause I mean, they already got him a computer and a this and a that and whatever. So they gave him a walkie talkie. So he has the walkie talkie in the background and his mom who's, who's uh, Palestinian is, all of a sudden, everyone in America is watching this. By the way, let's just take a second to pause and to once again, in case we haven't said this before, or I really don't think it can ever be overstated, how fucked up everyone in America in that moment was watching that on television. In our classrooms, bro, in our homes and our places of work, in public places and restaurants, everyone in America turned to the television and tuned in to see that shit. Yeah. They fucking came to George Bush in a classroom. Like they did it on purpose. It was the most staged and like perfectly orchestrated event in fucking modern history. How psychologically damaging, right? And we never, we never like stopped to acknowledge like that's fucked up, that's fucked up. Nothing else happens to that scale that we all see. You know what I mean? Like bad shit happens all the time, you don't see it. And that's why we have these arguments about like, oh, why do all lives matter? Black people literally get lynched. We need to like put, trigger warnings on all my shows when you talk to me because I cannot control myself. I think that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why people listen. Oh, God. But anyway. It, it, but, it yeah. is weird, though, that these these moments of, like, tragedy, they wield the – because it was the same thing with the space shuttle, and they wheeled the, mm -hmm, the TVs mm -hmm. into everybody's classrooms and, and watched it. And, and it does – it's like this collective – national trauma i mean that is really in in like purely anthropological terms i think aliens are going to look back at us one day and americans as a bunch of people that is one of the most like like there's propaganda and then there's american propaganda and it's just everybody sees it everybody takes it and even me i refuse to watch television but look at me i've watched so much television in my life you know what i mean like yeah. i don't think i'm plugged in and i'm you're still no matter what you're still plugged in but yeah, so speaking of that, Rami goes places, Rami goes places that are like, honestly triggering and like, you know, events in, in this lifetime are really have been really damaging. And I do have PTSD surrounding things that have to do with 9-11. It's not a good time. And it hasn't been a good time since. And um, there's one episode in, I guess, the second season where he meets this guy who is uh, who is a soldier and he was in Hanok. And Rami gets in with a new masjid and he's trying to turn his life around and whatever. And so he's trying to help this guy because this guy is houseless and he just lost his job. And he's got a dog and he's trying to, you know, he's just trying to take care of his job and like get enough money to like stop living in his car and whatever, get his life back together. And I have to tell you, Mark, like having grown up in this world and having grown up in a, in a, in a world that was pre 9-11 and post 9-11, you know, um, it's really hard not to carry your own prejudices and it's really hard to feel sympathy it's really hard to feel sympathy and it's really hard to, to 
you know, like it's, we can make these broad statements about how the American military is the most evil thing that's ever happened in humanity and blah, 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 blah. But also then on some level, we have to acknowledge like those are human beings. Like those were American kids who couldn't afford healthcare and couldn't afford college and didn't have other shit going on for them. And, you know, like everyone ended up there one way or another, everyone's got something different, but those are all people. And maybe some of them believed that shit, but like, I know from personal experience, a lot more of them were really just trying to make ends meet. Right. And that is, again, like maybe that is just my personal experience and maybe we should, we should paint with a bit of a broad stroke. It is pretty monstrous, but you know, here's this TV show who's humanizing this guy who clearly has PTSD and like some shit's popping off and happening. And it was so hard for me to watch. And I had to do it in installments. I mean, it's really messy. It's really messy. But then I was thinking like, fuck, I knew kids in high school. And after, I mean, I loved, loved, had some friends that I really truly like would have died for. And one of those assholes joined the Air Force. And I told him, I told him, and I told him, and I told him, hey, guy, I know you don't understand fuck all about the world. But if you do that, like, I need you to know, like, if you're going to, like, commit to killing people, and especially my people in this, like, in this moment in time, like, that, fuck off, dude. And sure yeah. enough, he joined the Air Force, and I never talked to him again. <laughs> now, like, how can I, I mean, my sister was in the National Guard, her best friend went to Hidalgo, like, my cousin was in the Navy, like, enough is enough, I don't have to make exceptions for all of you, you know what I'm saying? Like, at some point, I had to draw a line in the sand, like, if you join the Air Force, like, it's, I like, I wish you well. I don't want anything bad to happen to you, dude. But like, I know what's going to happen. Right. I know what's going to happen to you. Yeah. And like for the first time in my life, I was watching this and I was like, damn, if I were a different person and I would have, I'd, I'd have friends. I don't know. I'd still be <laughs> friends with some of these people. <laughs> we're not meant to be friends with everybody. I know. And who, and why should you be, man? If they're fucking trash bags, <laughs> why should you be? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, it's, I, I try I try to go about my life loving everybody. And so, and sometimes when people open their mouths, it's impossible oh, to yeah. do. So it's mm-hmm. just better to uh, not. To have boundaries, you know, to, like, yeah, I respect your humanity. I see you, but you have to stay over there. And I wish nothing, like, I really, I wish you no harm, but you have to stay over there now. And, and it's mostly because they don't respect the, ba- it's, it, it is about boundaries. And it's like, if you want to come over here and open your mouth to garbage, you know, that I don't agree with, mm-hmm. then like, I'm, 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 I'm more than happy to be friends with anybody, but as soon as they start trying to debate with things that I am completely opposed to, that's right. when it was like, all right, I guess, I guess we can't be friends because I'm willing to not talk about this shit. Mm-hmm. while we're together but like, mm-hmm. you can't uh, it's mostly other people that can't let it go mm-hmm. so you and can then, see how then the right you know like bearing arms is like okay well there's no coming back from that one i mean not not for me and not in this time maybe in 40 years if you're different but like what the fuck <laughs> yeah 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 it's in and and it's okay because maybe because now i don't know <laughs> it's just, it's just know. what what do you think happens to to people when I don't know, I, I, there's, there's this whole way of looking at existence where we have like this singular view because it's where our eyeballs are. And so when somebody mm-hmm. leaves our view and they leave our life, like, are they, is it e- e- even happening? Like, is their life yeah. even happening? Or is, yeah. is everything re- like once were they just a figment of your imagination? But now you get to have this whole. Uh, so for instance, this guy I work with, or who worked worked for me, um, 
he uh, he just ghosted us this week. Just vanished, didn't show up to work, and t- like turned his phone off. Is that uncharacteristic for him? Yes. Okay. Yes. Although oh, oh, the previous week he was telling me he w- was interviewing somewhere else, and he was. Oh. <laughs> And he was, and, but but he was like saying, "Are you going to be mad at me?" You know, and I was like, "No, man, you got to do what's best for you." So like, I knew he wasn't be scared to tell me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to be like, "You jerk," because I had already talked to him about it. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't expecting, you know, to have to have him just not show up. You know, yeah. like I just thought well, I worked with this guy for two years. I thought even if you want to, on a professional level, just let me know you're not coming in, and then turn your phone off. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I can't ever get a hold of you. But here we are. A week later and he hasn't turned his phone back on and the stories and the thoughts of like what happened to him was he in jail did he get in a car accident did he you know and and so so like now does that really does that exist like these this these different scenarios do all these different uh dimensions suddenly now appear so now is there this dimension where he was in a car accident there's this other dimension where he beat up his girlfriend and he's now in jail Mm -hmm. there's this other dimension where and it's like all you had to do was like tell me you got a new job, and there wouldn't be all these different variations right. of what your life like. What happened? And and I don't know. So it's just weird to think about stuff like that. Yo, I've been thinking about that exact thing a lot lately because um, my mom, uh, my mom is very sick. She's bone cancer. I don't know how much I repeat myself or if I only it doesn't matter. But anyway, um, we're. We're not, we're not treating it. It's just, she's at a point where she's receiving palliative care. So she's on a lot of heavy drugs and, um, you know, they really, really, I mean, they really fuck her up and she gets really, really upset and paranoid and just like sad and depressed all the time. Like it's a really heavy cocktail of shit that's coursing through her system. And so I, it's especially prevalent because like she'll, she'll get worried about something and she'll say, well, do you think this is going to happen? And I'm so quick to like derail that train, like, "Uh uh-uh lady, like, the most I can do for you right now is like stop that alternate universe from being born. Like, mm, we're not going there. Like, don't even speak it into existence somewhere. We're over it. It's fine. Like, everything's going to be copacetic. It is. It is a marathon, not a sprint. Let me tell you. But it's made me much more aware of my own language and much more um, present to like, you know, not giving in to despondency. <laughs> which is a real thing which is you really have to train yourself like okay cool like some shit's happening don't own it don't claim it don't make a big thing out of it just learn what you gotta learn and keep the fuck on like i don't know yeah i don't know you you've got to i don't know how much you know uh about like how not necessarily like scientology's uh like origin stories and shit like that. But mm-hmm. just like the, the basics of dietetics within Scientology is, is it's, it's basically turning your trauma into memories so you can just categorize it and you're, it's no, you're no longer reacting to it. It's just something that happened in your past. And what I've been working on a lot lately mm-hmm. it is, is just doing that in the moment, you know, mm-hmm. as shit's actually happening to you, being aware of the shit happening to you mm-hmm. and, and saying, okay, this is happening. I'm not, let's, let's automatic, let's, let's, let's turn it into a memory right now instead of mm. putting it, letting it go as a reactionary trauma or a trauma based reaction, you know? Yeah. So, so that's what I've been, I've been really like for the past couple of years. In fact, it's just like 
And I, and I think it's helped me be kind of chill because like, I don't really ever really overreact to anything. It's mostly just as things are hitting me, it's just like, okay, this is happening. What's the lesson? Where can I file it so I can access it in the future as a memory and know that it's so that when I, I do start to react a certain way, I can mm-hmm. automatically go back to my little filing system and say, okay, this is why I'm, Mm. I'm react. This is why what has happened, and and it's not a big deal. You're cool. Yeah. And, and I've actually kind of been at odds with Scientology over it. They they keep. Uh, I have a long history with them that we can get into in another time, but. Um, yeah, you can't just spring that on me. And when they, there's, 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 an, there's an episode of uh, the second episode of Sabbat Shalom with my brother mm. Doug. We go into the whole story of what happened, but. Yeah. Um, you can find that on uh, Open Minds Radio. Dot com on, on SoundCloud is the best way. <laughs> Good plug. Because <laughs> it's a playlist. <laughs> um, but but they, they call me from time to times and they send me emails and I always just kind of like throw back in their face. I'm like, no, I'm working on this revolutionary thing where I don't, I just do it in the moment. Yeah. I go clear in the moment and then they get, they get yeah. mad at me. And That's actually how I made it through 12 to 18, I think. Like that's how I survived because life happens and you just look at it and you go cool okay like this is what's right in front of me right now and you just take the necessary steps to like make it through that moment and and like then you keep on going because if i stop now like i'm not going to get through the next shit and the next like it's relentless like it just you you know especially when you're young too and then you hit puberty at a certain point and it's like listen i don't even care about any of the shit that's happening to me because in my mind i'm in love with heath ledger and i've got shit to do you know like in my mind morrissey's waiting for me and by the way one day we're going to have to have like a real ass conversation about Morrissey because I, I just revealed to, to my friend Trevor the other day, I was like, listen, there is a reason why my name is on his tour merch from a couple years ago. And everyone who owns that poster can see it clear as day. So today the grade is right there. And I know that he's a monster, but I just don't understand. I just, anyway, what was I even talking about? Yeah. Uh, being alive was like that. Like, how do you, I, I just want to talk about more seeing the shit that I care about. And in the meantime, in the meantime, like here's life. So you just process it as it's happening as like, cool, but I live cool, but I'm living cool, but I'm living, you know, but like, fine, cool, 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 whatever. Like, I don't like it. I really don't like it, but cool. And what I found now is you sort of, um, I have a lot of calluses because of it. Like, I feel like I'm a lot, um, like it's a lot, I don't know, I have to approach things differently internally. Like now when I'm trying to unpack things emotionally, like I can't just go at it the way that I think that I would, you know, the way that makes sense to me. I have to like go through all these other layers of like, I don't even know what that felt like though, or if I'm projecting those feelings because I didn't feel anything at the time because I was just like, whatever, like I survived it, you know, I wasn't bothered. Yeah. I, I like when we talk and it's not always so heavy. Yeah. <laughs> For once, I think this is the fact that I know. It's the first time. <laughs> Honestly, that's really I I I made sure after our last conversation to really really like <sighs> unpack because I've been really angry. I've been really angry for a long time, and it really you can't you can't do anything once it gets to a certain point. Like it reaches a certain threshold, or there's like look, there's nothing else left. Like I'm just fucking mad about all of you and everything, and this is it. So <laughs> the 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 way. Um, I, I let Morrissey work for me is he, uh, he, he died in 1994. Listen, but how does somebody say something like the kind people have a wonderful dream, Margaret on the guillotine. And then also, also 
Um, I've been dreaming of a time when the English are sick to death of labor and Tories and spit upon the name Oliver Cromwell and denounce this royal line that still salute him. How does that guy turn into a white supremacist just like five or six years later? I don't know. I, like I said, after uh, after Kill Uncle, who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's fair and that's valid. I just... I'll take the Smiths all the way up to Kill Uncle. I think it was one after that. I can't remember off the top of my head, but Maladjusted maybe the Maladjusted is when he started. Which is the one with oh, fuck. Yeah, that's fair. Also that. Also like mostly that part. Like the real the real crime is that as a performer, like he stopped being good. <laughs> he really ran out of ideas. Like he really ran out of creative juju and had to just start saying inflammatory shit to stay relevant. I think that's really Maybe what that it was. was it. That's probably yeah. what. It, that's exactly what it was. Because he was always kind of was an asshole. Yeah. To I the mean, people that was, who knew him. To the people exactly. who knew him. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so now he had to be an asshole to everybody. <laughs> oh, oh well, this was good. This was good. Yeah. To. Uh, um, to do we to, we do yeah. something different. Yeah, I like it. I actually and I like this uh, this uh, live stream thing. I think we should uh, try to take some callers at some point if anyone ever listens yeah we'll uh we'll we'll start being a little bit more stable and regular about when we yeah that's the hard, hard, the hard part is pinning down a time because it's yeah. usually so but but so what we can still we can still we don't have to have a time we can just go yeah. live when we go live and then whoever happens to be listening will be listening that's what yeah. who it will be for yeah this is good i'm gonna meditate more often <laughs> so we can <laughs> Be a little less angry and a little more focused and refined in our anger. I'm finding that that helps. You know, a, what, the a lighter, 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 mm -hmm. a lighter. Uh, I mean, they're still angry, but the, yeah. the the subject matter is a little lighter. Yeah, <laughs> it's not so blatant. <laughs> well, well, I hope you stay safe. I hope yeah. you're staying uh, healthy. Hopefully, uh, much you love too. to your family. You too, man. Stay safe out there. Every idiot in the world is, well, in our world. I'm going to keep saying that until I get used to stopping myself from turning America into the universe. Um, America is not the world, to quote Morrissey, one more time, and then I'm done. <laughs> so anyway, it's not even a good song. Like, it's not even good. Like, he wasn't even good then, but I had to. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Be safe out there. Wear your mask. I don't know. Shake it out, shake it out God, I need another and another and another and another I could feel it now I felt the Lord in my father's house I could see, I could see Stand and never seen a thing so complete I am the living ghost of what you need I am everything hypocrisy God, just speak I'm done being done with a funeral at least for now Are you tired of being alone? Are you tired of being alone? Shake it out, shake it down Tired of another and another Wasn't really what I wanted so we bled it out over the floor of our neighbor's house 
And I could see, I could see, standing, never seen a thing so complete. I'm the living ghost of what you need. I am everything eternally. God, please speak. Cause I'm done being done with a funeral, at least for now. Are you tired of being alone? Are you tired of being alone? Speak to me. God, you've got to shake it out, shake it out. You've got to break it down. You've got to shake it out, shake it down. You've got to break it down. off all my skin and I felt that weight within reveal a bigger mess that you can't fix Shake it out, shake it down. Gotta break it down, break it out. I gotta come around. I need it now more than I ever have. You've gotta shake it out, 
break it down take it out and shape it down gotta come around i need you now more than i ever have